Welcome to the Push Performance Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number... 22. 22, sponsored by Push Performance. Self-paid. No no sponsorships. All right. Um, today, we're going to talk a little bit about team training stuff. Um, I was on a phone call with uh, Zach Dakin last night. He's been on our podcast before. You know, he's kind of the guru, guru of college training and conditioning for baseball, in my opinion. Um, he kind of had, had the idea of, you know, how he loved the way we designed our team stuff. I just kind of go, hey, what do you think of the way we do this? Just wanted like a open, open thought, right? Just getting more feedback from people. And he goes, you guys are really on something there. Like, I love what you do. Like, that's, you know, I never thought about doing it that way. And so this has led us to this podcast. <laughs> um which is pretty cool. So uh, today um, I was talking with Brandon and, you know, we we're in Colorado. We have a lot of team stuff. We do Arizona. We're kind of building that a little bit. We actually have a meeting tonight with the school, um, you know, but, you know, a lot of people don't know that we do team training um, or what it is. It's not just about, you know, going, all right, you're going to do a squat bench and deadlifts, right? Like majority of high school programs truthfully do, or youth level programs do, or even collegiate junior colleges or lower level D1s, for example, right? Um, so, you know, starting at different levels of, of programming, first, you know, we have youth levels, and then we're going to go into high school levels, and then we're going to go into the collegiate levels. Uh, as far as where we, you know, we have teams from all over, you know, all over the U.S., I guess I'd say and um, at those levels. So we have at least a high school, at least a youth team, and at least a college team that we train, uh, multiple actually. Uh, so that being said, um, you know, we we go into pretty in-depth, you know, we'll start at the, at the youth level though. You know, it doesn't need to be as in-depth in my opinion, it's more about building the foundation. Uh, you know, when people contract us or have us build their program, essentially Brandon and I was talking, you know, you take this from here, Brandon, but we, you know, we're in charge of building their, their practice plan. So we're able to manage their workloads and, and all that kind of stuff. So kind of talk about that youth stuff that you were doing with us in Colorado before you moved out here and how you designed your programs to become somewhat individualized, but not 100% at the youth level, right, mm-hmm. where it doesn't need to be. Go ahead. Yeah, no. So, I mean, uh, yeah, like you said, like basically in Colorado, we would have you know, youth competitive club teams come in um, in the evenings, usually basically like after our hours. Um, and they would basically kind of rent out the facility um, and they would have full access to our cages, mounds. And then basically what we would do is we'd have them in groups and the head coaches or the coaches on the, the team would basically take the kids through all their their skill stuff that they kind of want to do. But then at the same time, they worked with, I think it was Rogue too, that would basically kind of oversee their their throwing development or basically their whole throwing program. Um, and then we basically then took over the the strength side and what we would do is kind of split them up in groups. Um, and then depending on, you know, was the kid a really good mover? Was the kid an intermediate mover? Or was the kid, you know, just couldn't tie his own shoes, you know, before he even started his workout um, type thing. So like you were saying, it's not going to be super, super custom, like real in depth. It's basically just going to be, laying the foundation for these young kids so when we're talking um, young kids let's talk about age groups right so i think what were they uh mostly 11 11, i think yeah 11 12 was like we had some like nine-year-old teams i know which is 
you know, I've heard backlash of like, why are you trading a nine year old team? Like, well, they still need to jump, they still need to run, they still need to land. Yeah, and, and it was stop and go. Yeah, and it was well, it was exactly it was the the type of training that we had the the kids doing. We obviously didn't have them in their squat in the house. We had them in there basically just learning how to move and move correctly and sequence and just put the movements that they're going to do out on the field somewhat together and build that cognitive motor behavior is basically what we were trying to do with these kids. So what was what was great is we were overseeing their throwing side and we we're also overseeing the kind of not even I would say strength side, but just their foundational development. Uh, and then basically starting them out so young, it was really good because we were able to control the, the workload or their stress load. And we were basically contact with the head coaches two to three times a week every night they came in. So we could always be contact like, hey, what do you guys got going on this week game-wise, tournament-wise? And what was great is they basically were like, hey, we got a tournament Thursday through Sunday this coming week. Okay, awesome. This is what we're going to do with ABC groups. Um, this way, now they're going to be ready for their tournament. And then as soon as they come off that tournament, they were like right back into the weight room and doing a lot of restorative stuff. So they just played for four or five days in a row. First day they come in or first couple of days they come in, we're not going to just obviously crush them with a bunch of high intense stuff. We're going to be like, hey, you just went through a pretty crazy tournament for the last five days. You traveled, you're in a different state. Let's have out, you know, work on restoring that, get you ready for your your next tournament or, you know, upcoming game. So um, that was kind of basically how we handled the, the youth program. So it wasn't like an intense training program where we had the kids, you know, deadlifting. I mean, Obviously, we were working on hinge patterns. We were working on squat patterns. We were working on rotational stuff. But, you know, it was all in a controlled environment. And, you know, the best thing was is we were overseeing all of it. So we were managing um, the workload stress and contact with the coaches was weekly. I think that's the biggest word right there that you keep saying is workload at that age. Right. And how many times have we seen a kid come in with quote, quote league elbow or whatever, you know, what kind of eyewash injury they have because all it is is overuse, right? Well, yeah. Or a parse fracture of the kid, right? It's like over swinging. Like, no, I was lifting weights. Like, no, you weren't. Dude. Like, it's yeah, it was like, from the 800 swings yeah. that you took in one night, you know, or, exactly. you know, over the course of two days or three days. And exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just the no downtime or just the go, 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 go. And I mean, um, managing that workload is, like you said, is the most important component, in my opinion, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's where we're going to manage the power output, the strength, the the stability with these kids. It's like if they're physically exhausted and the coach is just having to run aimlessly at practice because they don't know what the hell else to do with them, you know, it's doing them a disservice at that age, right? And then also at that age, it's going to make them hate baseball. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, oh man, I got to go to baseball practice. I got to run poles and triangles and suicides and whatever it may be. You know what I mean? And it's just like at that age, we need, A, we need to keep it fun. Right. So we need to, you know, play games with them. Well, that's that's what I was going to say. And that was another thing that we would do, too, is we would do all of their skill stuff, all of their foundational work. And then usually at the end of all of their workouts, we would do some kind of competitive athletic type game with them, whether it was, you know, some form of tug of war, or like tic tac toe where they were doing, you know, kind of down and back running or you know, something. Flag, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Where they're doing athletic stuff. But at the same time, it's controlled. It's, you know, dosed in and it's. Fun, you know, and, and they're usually, still kids. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's mm -hmm. still a game. And things where a lot of coaches even like, oh, we have the best nine U team in the world. Like, cool, man. Nobody cares. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let's yeah. build better baseball players. Let's build this game to be more fun at this age. So when they're older, they don't want to quit and get washed out. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's a big thing for us too. Like, how are we going to keep the keep the weight room fun and building a culture in the weight room at that age? You yeah. Know? Yeah.
And I mean, it's probably the most important thing in my opinion is like teaching foundational movement and all that stuff's important, but keeping it fun at that age is, is so important. And so many people put a, uh, you know, extra stress on, on that age group. It was like, Hey, you need to play, you know, two games during the week, week, you know, how we, we say action all the time when people call, right. It's like, you know, they play during the week or practice during the week. And then they play three to five games in the weekend, double header Saturday, double header Sunday. It's like, well, a, you're going to hate the game. B, you're going to be hurt. Like, see, where do you develop? Like, you know, going off of the post I, that post I had a couple weeks ago, it was like that pyramid triangle, like strength's the foundation of all patterns, right? All movement, right? And, but below that strength is probably at that level is fun, you know, truthfully. And that's just like that un, untalked about thing at that age group. So nobody's tracing, chasing trophies. Nobody's going to remember that you won the 12U tournament, right? It's, you know, it's, it's the fun you had doing it. It's a, yeah, yeah you it's know, about like, the process, mm-hmm. you know, and I think uh, that age group is, you know, it's very important for us to work with. I like working with that age group just because we get to lay a foundation and we get to see the joy in those kids, right? And expanding the game of baseball and talking about, hey, who's your favorite baseball player? Or who's, you know, what do you like to do? And then, then they, you see them play. It's like they're mimicking Fernando Tatis, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's pretty cool to see to see those things. So it's like, you know, cultures everything on, in all the groups, truthfully, you know, and going off that, like who sets the culture, right? It's, it's the coaches, in my opinion, you know, you're, you're, the coach builds the team. It, um, the coach builds the team. So therefore they a, either recruit the players in collegiate level, or they, they have the kids try out and they pick their players. Right. So they're, they're setting the culture. Right. So I think the setting the culture at that age group for a, Fun environment is the most important thing, first and foremost. Um, you know, how, how did you structure, like, so going off of that youth stuff, Brandon, how did you structure this? Just give me a, you know, they played Saturday, Sunday, they come in Tuesday. Like, we're going to hit some strength stuff. How did you structure that? So, yeah, like I said, we would usually, we split them up in groups. So, like, half the team or we usually would have the teams come in over, like, the course of, like, two hours, three hours. So half the team would come in for the first hour and a half, and then the set the second half the team would come in. So we already had them in kind of just in two groups, just that way they weren't like the whole team in there at once. Um, and then basically they'd come in. Um, just the they, the coaches themselves would then kind of break the kids up into the few different groups they wanted. They would you know they would try and mix them up so that way the kids were obviously with different you know people within the groups. But then half would go do skill stuff, and then the other half was basically with me and then you know another coach at the time um, in the weight room strength side. Um, and it basically just depended on uh, where, they, you know, was it an in-state tournament that was, you know, they were two and done, you know, they got bounced in the first round and, you know, just didn't have a good showing. So they were done playing by Saturday and didn't do anything Sunday and Monday was just a normal day and they were in on Tuesday. So it's like, we have a little bit more room to um, obviously work with the kids, maybe do a little bit more um, on just like kind of just the building strength um, through, you know, just kind of some squat patterns, hinge patterns. Um, and you can obviously, pick up the volume or intensity just a little bit there. Um, but, you know, if it was a weekend where they came in, you know, they traveled out of state and it was a long tournament for them. They had a good showing. They went all the way to the finals and, you know, played eight games and all of their pitchers are spent. Their position players are toast. And it's like, you know, they got in. We had some times where they'd come in late Sunday night at 2 a.m., mm-hmm. you know, and then they're at school Monday and then they show up Tuesday and it's like, you know, they're, on that, you know, 24, 48 hour cycle. So it's like, you know, Tuesday is usually the day where they're actually going to be probably the most fried. So it's like, all right, Hey, like tonight, let's, 
you know, you guys go do whatever skill stuff the coaches have for you. But on this side, we're going to, you know, focus on more of just recovery. You know, we'll go through some, you know, just like an active warm up. Um, so maybe we would do some pretty basic breathing stuff, but just something that's just going to kind of relax the body, open them up, maybe get Water a good fall from the wall. Yeah. Or something like that. yeah. It was just basically real like simple stuff where we had them either just prone, supine. Uh, we would do some, maybe some visualization stuff where their eyes were closed just some relaxing, relaxation stuff, then take them through maybe just a couple, maybe just like a short little circuit of just a basic squat, maybe at one hinge, um, something kind of dynamic. And then, you know, Judging the group's energy that night, maybe we'd finish with something maybe a little bit more fun. We prolong the game side and, you know, have a little bit of competitiveness, drive that back into them, get them ready for the upcoming week. But it was just basically based off of what they did that weekend before and what they had coming up that next weekend. So so you're not just adding more agilities on top of the shit they've already been doing. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I was, see, like, I'm not bad-mouthing people by all means when I say this. Like, I see on Instagram all these team training things on Instagram, like, you know, at private facilities or wherever they may be. And they just come in, there doing ladders and jumps and, you know, and like this endless part of my French bullshit. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like true, true. Like they're just doing a bunch of stupid stuff. And it's like, why? I just, you know, they're just selling the Kool-Aid, you know, it's the stuff that's going to look cool. And I think, you know, it also, it might appeal to the parents because there's some of the, you know, there's the parents out there that, you know, they see that stuff and they think that's going to be the, you know, ultimate best for their kid. And it's just like, you know, in the, the long run, it, you know, that's probably not the best thing is, you know, that's the stuff that, you know, is going to lead to burnout or, you know, possible injury or, you know, even more fatigue and decrease in performance that upcoming weekend. Because instead of spending, you know, three or four days recovering and, you know, maybe working on recovering some movement patterns and becoming a little bit better athlete you just went and trashed your body for another three to four days after kind of destroying your body all weekend so it's just you know you're never really recovering as a, a young athlete and then and then you have the parents on the other spectrum it's like hey he's just little johnny's too young at 11 mm -hmm. right well actually he's not right he's still like i said earlier he's jumping he's throwing he's swinging those are all violent movements right yeah. he's carrying his backpack to school every day that's weighted he's carrying his bat bag that's weighted Right, swinging a bat's weighted, so like they're still having weighted implements in their hands and on their loading their body all the time. You know, let's teach them just to be strong, like just better postures. You know, um, moving on to that for after youth level, we go to high school level, right? This is, in my opinion, where we started the team stuff. This is where we're really good at um, the high school. You know, high school and college levels differ just a little bit, but they're pretty similar. Uh, obviously, the college guys are going to be a little bit more higher training age, a little bit better athletes, just because there's, you know, guys that are, you know, they were recruited to go there, right? So there's not just guys signing up to play freshman baseball, you know. Um, so the way we the way we kind of set up our our training programs is everybody does an assessment, no matter what, right? During that assessment, um, we're going to look at a few things. You know, it's going to be how well they move. What their training age is and either hypermobile or hypermobile hypomobile or hypermobile um so you know how if they're flexible or if they're stiff essentially is what we're looking at and you know then from there on that assessment we'll build them their own personalized a block so they're still getting customization there um from that customized customized a block they're going to be put into a group whether that be a beginners group or advanced group and that beginner's group is either going to be a stiff mover or a lax mover or like a free mover or like a very flexible mover. 
And then the advanced group, sorry, beginner group, will be have those two options, and the advanced group will have those two options. So we'll have a, a beginner hypermobile, beginner hypomobile, advanced hypermobile, advanced hypomobile. And, um, you know, depending on what the coach wants, you know, essentially we got to give the athletes what the coach wants, but we also, you know, a lot of times they, they just hire us and say, hey, you, do, you guys are the specialists, do what you need to do, you know, so – um, you know, it's our time to educate the coach as well, but, you know, we're, we're breaking up those, those athletes into, into four categories and with each have their own deficiency blocks. Right. Um, you know, we don't want to give a, a stiff mover or a, hy- a hypermobile kid, sorry. So like a, a lax mover or a very flexible person, more range of motion, right. We need to give them more stability. Right. So there's, you know, a lot of guys are just like stretching or doing whatever they're doing or, you know, doing, um, I don't know, excessive T-spine rotation when they can't stop rotating or whatever maybe, right? And then on the other end of the spectrum, we need to give the guys that are stiff movers more range of motion, you know? So um, we got to increase stability in one group and then increase mobility in the other group. Um, when, you say, when you say training or when you say the beginner and advanced, we, yeah. we touched on this, you mean like training age, correct? Yes. Like lower training age. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So uh, lower training age to me is somebody that's very new to the weight room obviously right in the higher training age somebody that's been around the weight room they can hinge properly they can squat properly they can have pretty decent sprint sprint pattern you know all that kind of stuff so like high school too is when like you really see the like differentiations between the guys like you'll have guys you'll have seniors in high school coming in it's like whoa you have not done any of this then you have like a freshman in high school come in that's probably been through a youth program and comes in moving really really well so you can kind of take those other steps but like that's where like it comes really bad yeah, with the high school guys. And we've had freshmen in the advanced group and seniors in the beginners group. It's kind of a shocking look on their face. I'm like, hey, you're 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 in the beginner group. Like, what the hell? You know? Like, oh, I should have been doing something the last four years, you know, or five, six, seven, eight years. Um I live in bodybuilding at LA Fitness. Yeah. I mean, even then it's just like, yeah, your squat sucks. Like, yeah, your like, hinge sucks. No kidding. <laughs> um so yeah, that's kind of how we build the high school groups, um, and then we'll talk to the talk to the high school coach, talk about you know their practice schedule, talk about their game schedule. We want to keep high days, high days, low days, low days, just like we talked about with the the youth stuff. Um, but you know, this is our time to educate these kids on what they need, what they have, what they're good at, what they're bad at. You know, so we're still coaching these kids, right? It's just like it's not just all right. You're in this group. See you later. You're in this group. See you later. It's more so, all right, we're explaining why you're in this group. How are we going to get you into the advanced group if you're a beginner? If you're in, advanced, if you're in the advanced group, how are we going to get you to the next level, right? And that does touches on, though, like, less of these two salesy, but, like, what makes us different? And we say it all the time, like, with educating the athlete. Like, you're not going to have to have these battles of you shouldn't be doing this if you educate them. And you educate them, you know, by being a good coach and not just saying, all right, here's the program, this is your exercise, nice catch. Thanks. <laughs> um, here's your exercise. Go like go do this, and then like let let it go, and then like just let the exercise follow. Because the goal, like if you're working with a team, the goal should be by spring semester, everybody's in advance. Whether it's hyper like hypermobile or hypo, like hopefully everybody's in advance by then. But hopefully we still don't have guys that are like I still don't know what yeah. I'm doing. Like that's not good coaching in that aspect. Like not not that everybody's going to get there, but like that's why. Like it's not just a program. It's not just a strength program. No. It's a development program. That's like why we're successful in doing this. And that's the importance of 
people still paying us in season. Yeah, like <laughs> you that's, know? It's, that's you the can program still develop and maintain strength and maintain mobility and maintain everything in season because well, the amount of injuries that happen in season when you just go, all right, well, now I'm just playing every time. Like, yeah, you have to restore, like Brandon harped on it with the younger kids. Like, if, if, if 11 and 12 year olds are restoring ranges of motion and restoring uh, their bodies after playing all weekend, why the heck shouldn't a 16-year-old who's exerting more for force on their body, throwing harder, swinging harder, et cetera, like, why would you not? Like, that's, that's just stupid. Like, colleges and pro guys work out in season, so you should, too, in high school. Yeah. Well, I think, too, like, what, you know, like you are just saying is, like, what coaches or, you know, people at the, the team level at the high schools are, you know, missing, too, is – yeah, like everybody's got a squat, everybody's got a hinge, and you know everybody's got to do these these main lifts. And it's like, but what we can do a little bit better for that team is, you know, through those custom A blocks that we've made, guys, we've probably modified how they squat, how they maybe hinge, and they can now take that to their main core lifts as well. And it's just only going to make their strength work that much better for them as an individual still at a team setting. So I think that's where you know we can kind of you know give the, the team itself a little bit more bang for its buck versus just your general team training where it's like, yeah, I get it. You know, you only have so much time with, you know, 30 guys or however big the team is or program. And it's like, you know, we got to hit all these, these basics. But like you said, we start all of these, these individual athletes off with an assessment. They get a custom A block and within those custom A blocks, we can see a lot of stuff for that athlete where we can then use that to educate them. Like, Hey, when you squat, you know, put, you know, something under your heels or when you're squatting, you know, do this with, you know, your toes or, you know, something like this, or now when they go do this at the school or even just on their own or within our own programs, it's those movements are going to be that much better for them versus just the general team setting. Like, Hey, we're going to squat today, deadlift the next day. And, you know, the way you squat is going to be different than the way this guy squats. So if we can still add those little bit of different things for, those athletes, that's just that little bit more of a benefit we're bringing them. Yeah, it might, it might be just the fact of explaining to the coach, like, hey, you know, Brandon, for example, doesn't need a back squat. He needs a front foot elevated split squat. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Or a reverse lunge or roof foot elevated split squat or whatever. You know, you know, get them out of a bilateral pattern and get them more unilateral pattern. You know, it's going to take, the, you know, explain to the coach why we're doing that. And, yeah. This is important. I think that's the, the education piece we can bring too, is it's like, you know, um i have a an athlete right now where they actually have like a severe kind of like spinal thing and we're not supposed to load them axially and you know at their school they're, they're continuing to tell this athlete like hey you're going to squat under a bar and it's honestly probably the worst thing this athlete can do yep. and the coaches are like hey like you know this is how we're doing it this is how we do it as a team and it's like, like, you know, the, the athlete obviously is like, doesn't want to seem like they're, they're copping out in front of the team or the coaches or the coaches are just thinking the athlete maybe is being soft. And it's like, no, this, this athlete has actually like a medical condition to where it's like, you know, they, they shouldn't be loading anything actually. And it's like, you're telling this person to do it because you just don't even know, or you don't want to hear, you know? So I think that's just where, again, where, you know, if you're, if you don't know, then reach out to those other people that do and, yeah you know, put your ego aside and put the, the athlete first. Yeah. And it's like these kids might be in weightlifting at school, right? At their, at their, at the, for like a credit. Right. And then they come to us after school at their school for lifting. And it's like, all right, well, I, at that point, we just need to fill their buckets of what they didn't get. Mm -hmm. Right. And that, that goes, which is always single leg work, which is always single, <laughs> always leg, work, single leg work. 
and you know protecting their wrists from a bunch of shitty hand cleans. <laughs> yeah, well, we, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Going back to like what Brandon said too is we have so many guys that like come in it's like, all right, well, like, have you talked to your coach that like this exercise bothers you? And they're like, well, like, no, like, I don't want him to get mad at me because generally, like, coaches' first thoughts are like, oh, this guy thinks he's above the team. He thinks he can do this, this, and this. Oh, he goes to push. He's better than everybody yeah. else. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I mean, it's true. <laughs> but yeah, like, coaches need to be open to like listening to the athletes. I think that's like what we do really, really well here is like when an athlete first comes in, like we listen to the athlete. We know what works well for them. We know what they don't like, what they do like, what works for them, like in a baseball setting, a weight room setting, like everything. And so that's kind of like the big thing is coaches are so like closed-minded, especially like in school, like coaches are so closed-minded that my it's my way or the highway where it's like, you just need to open up a little bit and, and listen to the athletes and know exactly what they do outside of here, what works for them, what doesn't Yeah, but if the team's coming to us and yes, asking us to program for them, you know they should be receptive, right? Yes. Yeah. So their 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 head coach, you know, hey, like these kids are paying you, or our booster clubs paying you to come in for your expertise. Yes. Right. But same time, sometimes they want something done. You know. All right. Now go to the college level. College coaches, like, I know many college coaches that want coach the, the athletes to run, or they need to get bigger, faster, stronger, blah blah blah. Right. Like, hey, they they have to. Like, they tell the strength coach, like, you have to run my guys. Like, oh, shit. Like. You know, like a four-mile run, really, or a run to a mountain. Like, come on. You know what I mean? It's just like the tear on the chest, man. Yeah, but you know, you know, we we have the you know we have the luxury of when when college coaches come to us, it's like, hey, let us take the conditioning portion away from you. Let us let us take, you know, the strength away from you guys, and let, let let us do that. You guys worry about your practice plan, right? You can build in some base running stuff if you want help with that. Cool. We'll design your warm up for you. We'll design your your personalized warm-up, your team on-field warm-up, your arm care stuff, your post-throw routines, your pre-throw routines. Or, I mean, we can even do the team conditioning, too. Like, if that's yeah, if yeah. you want your guys to run, then we yeah. can so dose that in properly, too. Way so, to do it properly so before a before Lamar started, Lamar Community College out in Colorado, before they started this year, we sent them a kind of a summer program with some sprint work and stuff like that. And then once they completed their summer program, they got to campus before we were able to get there to do their assessments. We had their on-field conditioning stuff. Right. We didn't want to do a lot of a lot of weight room stuff yet. And you know, it's because like we've been two weeks, so nothing crazy. So we just did a bunch of sprint stuff to keep their, their power output out, up and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we we got we hey, hey, Coach Carrasco, here's here's our sprint pattern or sprint program for either pre-practice, post-practice, pick what your your intensity level for the day. And this is what we have. Cool, perfect, done, easy, right? Now it's like, hey, we're comparing the, these days we're lifting, these days we're Higher practice days, scrimmaging on Friday, so we're probably going to lift Friday evening or Saturday morning, whatever it may be. If the starter, the, the starting pitcher goes three innings, he can probably lift that day. If he goes five innings, probably lift the next day. You know, kind of just depends on where they're at, and we educate those coaches what they need, right? You know, cool, the cool thing about Lamar is they they literally asked me to design their whole weight room for. Them. So we we put like, hey, we. Here's a lot of money for this is gonna be a lot of money, but this is what you guys need. And they did it and they bought in. And we've been working with them for about three or four years now, and it's been the best, you know, best investment, in my my opinion, for them. They they're so forward thinking. Start with Ben Buck and now Coach Carrasco's there, but you know, we have Colby now, Colby Community College. We started working with them. They're 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 the same thing. They've just invested, I think, a couple million in their weight room, you know, which is crazy to think about at a, at a junior college. I mean, they're they weren't. They weren't in our conference. They weren't. You were in my conference, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So like, they're. You guys played them often. Though, yeah, we were right next to them. Yeah, pretty close, right? So I mean, that, that all just that all just goes to development, though, right? Yeah. Like, 
I don't know, like, you can't just have high, like, you can't just rely on having high-talented kids, like, come into the program as freshmen and be like, okay, cool, like, they're just good already, or hope they figure it out, because if, in high school or college, like, if you have a kid that comes in, if a freshman in high school comes in and gets four years of elite training along with baseball, like, could you imagine, they're going to be, of course they're going to go play D1, of course they're going to be successful by the time they're a senior, same thing in college, like, of course they're going to go in and play the next level, because you've developed them. That's the key, not the no, no F word, just the key. <laughs> like, you can't you can't just rely on, you know, just grit and, oh, we really just ran them into the dirt so they're going to be better baseball players or they just got better cuz. Like, if you put this effort in, like those junior colleges in Colorado and other places do, like, well, that, makes, that, make, that takes the next step in development. Going off that, too, and Arizona's unique, where these high schools can recruit your players, recruit players. Without doing it. Quote, unquote. Yeah, essentially, right? So it's like, hey, Push Performance runs our strength program. Yeah, like that's it probably, creates a draw. Yeah, it creates a draw for that school, you know, versus, you know, Coach Johnny, you know, yeah, at just our, old school our, high our baseball coach. Does yeah, it. it's like, we, yeah, cares? no. Yeah, because John Smith knows how to, yeah, sweet. Cool. <laughs> but, you know, you have the old school coaches, too. It's like, hey, this is the way we've done it. This is where we're going to do it. And you literally see players get worse. You know, and, and you see, but you see, like, to not jump too far, but like the old school coaches that don't want to do driveline stuff and don't want to get into analytics, like they're getting washed out, and it's gonna trickle down all the way to, to high school baseball. Like the old coaches that just want to keep doing the old way, like they're gonna get washed out. Their kids are gonna suck. Their kids are gonna hurt, and they're gonna be has-beens. Like if you're not gonna get with the times, then you're gonna get left behind. I guess what it is. Yeah, I mean, I think junior college. It's the best example of that where there's no time limit on practice. <laughs> literally, they can literally do whatever they want, whenever they want. You know, I was up at 3 a.m. running because we had 11 kids get a DUI or not DUI, but MIP. So the coach like, all right, but it lasted like a month, three, like 3 30 in the morning, turn the lights on in the winter. It was terrible. Yeah. No comment. But, you know, it's like, it's like, hey, like, hey, we deserved it for sure. But, you know, there's no, there's no limits. No, I did not. There's, there are no limits, you know? So it's like, with, uh, with that being said, it's like, there's no limit on development either. Like, if you can train to get better, you can train to get worse, you know? And, you know, it was awesome too. Like, junior college, you get a key to the, to the indoor, like, to go hit at 1030 at night, you know? And, you know, you just, build a relationship with your boys. And, you know, then you, all the things I remember from junior college development was the weightlifting side, the hitting when they're on my own, the, the fielding around balls, all that kind of stuff. Right. So why not source out the things you're not good at? You know what I mean? Or even just learn about it, get educated about it, not just from us, but other places do a phenomenal job too. Right. Just learning about how to run a team, team practice or a team strength program or whatever, what to truly do. Like, Zach Dakin put out that movement over Max's book and I think feel like everybody, their mom uses it, you know, which is a great resource. But, you know, at the same time, it's like we need to have application to it. Right. And this is like people feel like they get stressed out or overwhelmed or whatever it may be just because they because they don't truly understand it. Like they see it, but they don't truly understand it. If that makes sense. Um, so like that's, you know, unfortunately. Fortunately, not unfortunately, fortunately, that's where we're able to step in. You know, going back to the college stuff is 
you know, we're going even more in depth in the high school stuff where, you know, guys have more time with their A locks. They have more time with their pre throws, their post throws, right? So they're going to have a starting pitcher might have everything customized, built based on how he feels, right? And also based on how he moves. You know, in high school, it's like, all right, like you're limited to time. You know, you have to go to class, you have all this stuff. Like college Schedule's class really too, right? in high school. Way different, right? College, you're there for you're literally your job is baseball and class. There are no yeah. surprises in the week. There's no you know exactly your schedule. Yeah. It's no hey, can you come guest play for us this weekend? Exactly. Whatever, whatever. It's you have your schedule, you know what it's gonna be. It's way easier to kind of go about your programming and planning everything out accordingly. Um, Taylor, talk about your experience at the collegiate level, um, the team training aspect, all that kind of stuff. Um, how how did you guys do it? Um you know, then talk about kind of now you're you and I think a lot of you guys, you three have majority of the junior college guys here, right? In house. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, talk about that aspect as well. Just kind of just dive into the team team stuff at the division one level now. Yeah. So being at TCU, it was and from playing in, playing at Gonzaga and then also getting to intern there as well as a strength coach, I kind of saw like. Well, not the good and the bad, the ugly, just the ugly and the good pretty much. And getting to see which strength coaches run it really, really, their program really, really well and seeing what strength coaches was like, oh gosh, I feel like I could do a better job as an intern kind of thing. Um, but kind of like being in, being coming off of my internship at Push, I was like, oh, like I want to be a college strength coach and everybody's going to get their own individualized program. And then I got to TCU and I was like, there's no possible way that that could ever happen. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then like I sat down and had a lot of conversations about Dakin about it. And then we kind of dove into like how he programs and how he individualizes and like how there is a place for having an individualized, like individualized patterning and, and workouts based off of the athlete and how much they're playing um, kind of whether they're a starter, whether they're, a guy that's focusing way more on development or they're kind of like you're, they play midweeks, not really so much on the weekend. So kind of being able to program off of that um, in terms of the workload. Um, but then also on the other side, getting to see how some of the strength coaches ran their programs and just how it, it might've done more harm than good to the athletes and kind of seeing like how the athletes responded to a strength coach that has individualized workouts, different tiers, um, kind of based off of kind of pretty much um, close to how we do our um, team training and then also seeing how athletes responded to everybody having the same exact workout, whether they were a speed guy, whether they were a big guy, whether they played tennis, whatever, whatever, everyone had the same exact programming. So kind of seeing like the responses from the athletes in that and then also getting to go out and watch them perform on the field and getting to see kind of how those results trickled and stuff like that and just being able to have conversations with the athletes and seeing how they felt day-to-day -day basis um and kind of going off of that as well um but no it was it was really cool to get to see that and kind of see like the limitations that strength coaches do have seeing how seeing the limitations that strength coaches do have and seeing how i mean for Dagan especially seeing how well he uses his time and uses his space and uses his hour and 15 hour and a half that he has every morning to work with athletes. It was, it was super, super cool. And I think a lot of that is uh, um, what we try to do within our team settings as well. Um, and working with the coaches as well. Like guys don't need to be in the way for two hours in order to no. get a good workout. It could be an hour 15 to an hour and a half to get and everything you need to. Know. That's where we run into the high school level. It's like, we don't have 
two hours with them. Yeah. Right. We had 45 minutes sometimes. Mm. Right. So how much time do we really want to spend on our A block? Even though that's really important. Like they could probably do a lot of that in the field too. Mm -hmm. It might just be some like CNS stuff, some hops and jumps, something like that, or a modified A block. Right. And then like, Hey, you have a lot more time at the field today. Do your true A block. You know, get ready before what matters most is the game, right? They're baseball players, not weightlifters. So, Mm -hmm. you know, going off that, it's like, Hey, you're going, you show them to the field. You're just going into the, into the cage, start swinging without warming up. Like that's, why you warm up is for the game of baseball swinging. You, know, you don't go to the cage, hit, and then decide to warm up, right? Yeah. It's it's it, it makes no sense. So take some time, do your A block at the field. And that we can tell the coaches that. Like, hey, give it, give them ten minutes to do their A block, their A block, and then the rest of practice is yours, right? Yeah. Don't go run poles and you know stuff like that. But you know, let us do our job. You guys do yours. You know, and this episode is really geared to, to towards coaches, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And this is a Coaches, you know, four coaches, right? And to, to touch on though, like, just right, what you said, like doing your A block at practice, like, this isn't like an ego, they should do it anyways. Yeah, like, but this isn't like an ego thing where, hey, like, I know it's your practice, but I need you, to, I need them to do my thing. It's like, no, like, this is what's for the athlete. Your practice, I'm sure, is like for developing the athletes and making the team better, and that's what that does. It helps people, it prevents people from getting hurt. It like creates. Um, gets them ready to optimally perform. Like that develops people. It helps get your players better, which is the whole freaking point. Like if, if that's not why you're doing it, if you're doing it because that you want to be the best high school coach or whatever, then like go home and don't come back. Because <laughs> like you're wasting your time. I mean it goes with the kids too. Like yeah. Some kids want to play and don't want to play past high school. We run into that too, right? Where it's like, hey, I guess don't want to play past high school, but I want to be a really good high school player. I all right, well, let's get you good, but, like, let's get you durable so you just don't get hurt later in life. You know what I mean? Teach you some discipline in the weight room. You know, it's not for getting every single person that steps on the baseball field a Division One scholarship or a, a draft pick, right? It's, it's teach them lessons in life that's going to carry on. Like, if you don't want to work out later in life, like, that's on you. But, like, let's build a good foundation now, you know, work ethic and, you know, and – you know, time management and, you know, good movement patterns, something like that. What's that? Communication. Commun- uh, yeah, it's right. nutrition. No. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> no. I guess that, kind of that. Taylor's not going to bring nutrition. No. <laughs> Communication. Oh, you know, um, I mean, those are all things in life you need to have to be successful. Every every stupid account you see on Instagram, it's like, how do you, you, how do you build a powerful morning, blah, blah, blah. It's like, wake up at 5 a.m., you know, eat a solid nutritious breakfast, work out in the weight room, read, read a book, blah, blah, blah. It's like everybody does the same. Successful people do the same shit, you know, and I think we can help instill those into guys through the culture of what we bring to a team. Right. And a lot of people quit our program because we do demand a lot, but we also don't want them here because that will ruin our culture, you know? And, you know, if you're just want to be a, a slap dick kid, that's, we don't want, we don't want you here truthfully. Right? As bad as that sounds, we don't want to hear. Um, so I think that's a good spot to end. Anybody else got anything on, on that today? No? Andrew, you got anything to say, man? No. No. The team, the team, the the team podcast, I know. Sorry, guys. Team <laughs> Sweet. Well, thanks, thanks, guys. Appreciate it.